Welcome to Nutrition Unmeasured, a podcast for dietitians, students, but also parents, caregivers, and everyone in between looking for non-restrictive, body-inclusive ways to be nourished and live well. Hosted by me, Gina Forster, an anti-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor from Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks! Welcome back to the Nutrition Unmeasured podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my 10-module self-paced course on intuitive eating. You'll go through each of the 10 principles of intuitive eating at your own pace. I generally recommend doing maybe one or two principles a month, but again, it's at your own pace. And I'm offering it right now, pre-order before it's even available, half off. Check out that link uh, in your show notes if you're interested. Before getting started today, I'd love to ask you for a review if you're loving this podcast. Reviews only take a few seconds and they really help me grow the listenership. And of course, I'd appreciate it so much. Just some updates since last time. Oh boy. It's like every time I come up with updates since last time, I realize that my life is just not that exciting, right? I, <laughs> I think it was nice having Nicole um, with me in, in the in the past when I was doing the Dietitian's Dish podcast because she always had so many things to to talk about. But I would say our life is pretty, um, I don't want to say boring because I feel like we're very busy, but just filled with lots of after-school activities. You know, we're back in school now, as I, I know we were on my last episode. I feel like it's our life is just nonstop. We are doing, let's see, Paige is doing gymnastics and piano and tennis. Cameron is also doing tennis and flag football, which I have to say, um, if you've ever met Cameron, you know he is petite, like I am petite and so is my husband. And it's just really funny to see him out there on the football field with generally bigger kids, which of course is fine, but... I'm just really getting a kick out of it. He's not really into it, uh, but he is being a really good sport and um, just being a, a good team player. And he knows he's never going to be a football player. Maybe he'll be a kicker one day, but he's just, it's just not going to be his sport. And that's totally fine. He's being a really good sport still playing, if that makes any sense. Um, but he's been playing tennis and really enjoying it. And he's fast and he's, um, I don't know, he's quick. He's got, you know, I think he's he's he's, he's going to find something. He's going to start playing or he's going to start doing wrestling this fall because that's what my husband did. So, of course, Nick was is like, he's got to wrestle. Uh, but I want him to find his own passion. And so we're letting him try a bunch of different things. And uh, he's just he's just great. And then, like I said, Paige is involved in a lot of things as well. When is there time for me and Nick, right? I'd like to get involved in something too. Jeez, I've been playing pickleball though. If you've ever played pickleball, you know the obsession. It is just so much fun. Uh, my mom and I play now that I work from home. Whenever I get like an hour or two break in between clients, uh, I try to play pickleball with my mom, which is so much fun. She's actually really good. She's close to 70 and she sometimes kicks my butt. She does play quite often, more often than me, but still, I am very impressed with her ability to play pickleball, uh, but it's so much fun. And I've also been training for the half marathon, which I think I decided I'm done with that. I, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe running is not for my body. My knees are hurting. My joints are hurting. And I don't want to keep running every single year training for this marathon and just those, you know, that pain getting worse and worse. And I fear that's going to happen. 
So this might be the last time I talk about training for a half marathon. We'll see. We'll see. I said that last time too, and here I am. But anyway, it's been really hot too. So it's really hard to train for a half marathon, let alone a full marathon. I don't know how people are doing that uh, when it's, you know, 70 or 80 degrees with 100% humidity at six in the morning. And I know that's nothing compared to some of the states out, out over there, you know, Arizona, California, uh, Texas. I talk to a lot of clients who live over there and I shouldn't complain about the heat in Ohio, but still it's brutal when you're trying to get a seven mile training run in. I just don't like running in the heat. All right. So that's up enough for, that's probably the longest update I've done on this podcast. So let's dive into today's topic. We're talking about back to school self-care. You know, back when Nicole and I had a podcast together, we had a whole series on self-care and I'm actually going to put a couple links to those episodes in the show notes for this episode because self-care is so important. And what exactly is self-care? This is from Everyday Health. Self-care is anything you do to take care of yourself so you can stay physically, mentally, and emotionally well. Self-care plays a role in your overall wellness and health. It's putting your needs first and being okay with that. It's understanding that you aren't the best you without taking time for yourself and doing things that make you feel good. So why is self-care important? Taking care of yourself first means you will do better at taking care of others, whether you're a mom, dad, grandparent, partner in a relationship or work partnership, no matter what your situation or what your title, uh, you will be better at serving and accommodating and loving others when you take care of, of and love yourself first. I think good self-care practices get you started on the right foot. They make you feel good. They help you get through the day. Self-care plays a role in handling strong emotions and feelings. When your self-care is on track, you're much better able to handle the big emotions that come your way. When your self-care is on track, you're also more equipped to listen to and trust and respond to your body's needs. The first step in an intuitive eating journey or any wellness journey is setting a solid self-care foundation. All right, let's hone in on the areas of self-care that tend to get out of whack during the new school year. You know, for many people, the school year is when work starts up again. So for example, teachers, administrators, maybe they were off during the summer and then work starts up again when school is back in session. So the extra time they had over the summer may be non-existent or at least greatly reduced now that school has started. And even for those of us who did work over the summer, work in outside jobs, I should say, because even teachers and administrators, I'm sure, did some work uh, during the summer, whether it was parenting or something else. But even for those of us who go don't necessarily leave a job over the summer um, and our and our day to day life is pretty and our routine is pretty similar during the start of the school year. It's still the start of the school year still often means less time because of more school drop-ups, drop-offs, pickups, and after-school practices and activities, just like I was talking about, right? Which, of course, you know, in my mind, I like to schedule my kids to do all these things so that they're not sitting in front of the TV. So it's good to get them involved in things and get them to try new things and see what they're going to enjoy and what they don't enjoy. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, it brings a little bit of stress because 
you know, for at least for our family, we're always trying to plan around these activities. And um, sometimes I think there's a fine line between getting them involved and getting them too involved because it affects the kids, but it also affects us as their caregivers. You know, we need to remember to make time for ourselves, especially after work. And if it's always packed with after school activities, like when is there time for us? Anyway, I just got off on a little tangent. Uh, But let's not forget when school starts, something else happens. And this might affect you or not, but the traffic comes back. Um, So unless you live in a place like New York City or California, when the traffic never ends, I know here in Columbus, the traffic is significantly reduced over the summer. And I know that might sound like the smallest little thing, but I will try to get as many appointments, you know, across town scheduled over the summer because I will get there 15 to 20 minutes faster because of the reduced traffic. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but truly the less congested roadways during the summer is something that I absolutely love. And I just notice a market increase when school is back into session, you know, with school buses, people commuting more, teachers, administrators, anyone who um, wasn't going to work on a daily basis, they're they're now going. Um, So yeah, if you work from home, maybe you don't experience that as much, but hey, I work from home and I still notice it, you know, again, when I'm going to my appointments and stuff. So that's extra time that you have to think about. So many of the areas of self-care I'll talk about today can easily get put aside when school starts back up again. Also, as the weather changes, some people find they stay indoors more, which can affect many aspects of self-care. You know, although I will say I'm finding that the summer is keeping people indoors more than it used to because it's so hot. You know, it used to be, oh yeah, when it gets cold, people are staying indoors more. But now it's like, it's like so, so hot that people don't even want to go outside in the summer, I've noticed. Anyway, simply put, the stress of the new school year can be so overwhelming that self-care is just cast aside. So let's talk about the different areas of self-care and tips for making them a priority during this often more stressful time of the year. Let's talk about sleep. You know, you've probably heard it before. It's best to get seven to eight hours of sleep on most days. You know, the thing about the school year is that it's easy to get out of your sleep routine on the weekends by sleeping in, which throws off your weekday and sleep routine. Of course, it's tough to not sleep in on the weekends. I mean, you know, if I'm waking up at five in the morning or six in the morning during the week, of course, I'm going to want to sleep in a bit on the weekends. But a good strategy may be to not sleep in more than an hour than normal. I try to use this strategy with my kids and with myself. So if I'm going to sleep in, I'll, I'll, let, I'll give myself that permission. But generally not more than like an hour to an hour and a half more than normal, especially on Sunday. I will say I, I give myself permission and my kids permission to sleep in more on Saturday than I do on Sunday because I've noticed when I sleep in on Sunday or my kids sleep in on Sunday, it's harder for us to go to bed and fall asleep on Sunday, Sunday night. And then we have to wake up early on Monday. So it just throws everything off. So if you're going to sleep in, my suggestion is to make Saturday that day that you really sleep in. You know, and and my, anyone who knows me knows that sleep is, you know, as far as self-care and health, it is 
the bottom of the pyramid. In other words, the largest part of health and self-care for me and wellness. And I think it truly anyone that I work with, I if they're telling me they're not sleeping well, I, I try to do anything to help them get to a place where they're, they've got a better sleep schedule and sleep hygiene. So you might think I'm crazy when I say this, but let's talk about time change in the fall. Uh, my best tip for that is to change your clocks two days before or even more, maybe even three days before the time change happens to get your body and your kids' bodies used to the change earlier rather than later. When you change the clock earlier, you can ease your way into the time change on your own time, pun intended. Uh, Some of my friends make fun of me for this, but I have a friend who used to make fun of me for this who has small kids now. And let me tell you, she now does this. (laughs) So again, changing your clocks back um, a couple days before the actual changing of the clocks. It gets you into a routine a little bit earlier. It might throw you off a bit when you look at this at the at the time and think, wait, why is it this time? But you, then you'll remind yourself, oh yeah, I, I did this early. But you will ease your way into that time change so you won't be thrust into it quickly. Uh, I'm telling you, it's it helps. My husband hates that I do it, but I think deep down he knows that it's helpful. <laughs> All right, next on our self-care journey is nurturance. Are you going out of the way to do kind things for yourself? I completely realize that this can be difficult, but when was the last time you scheduled something for just you? You know, it can be something as simple as a walk in nature or a trip to a local park alone or with a friend, or it could be more luxurious such as, you know, getting a massage or taking a trip to the spa, a girl, you know, a girl's trip to the spa or whatever it is, but it can be simple or it doesn't have to be. What are you doing to nurture yourself? Again, you can spend money or not. You know, I, I, I like to think of my daily in between, you know, in between sessions that I have at home. I'll just strap on some tennis shoes and go for a walk. I'll, you know, I'll sometimes drive to a park and we have a park down the street, which I totally walk to. But if I don't have that much time, I'll drive there. I feel like I'm in nature. Feels really good unless it's 90 degrees. Um, But it just feels really good to have the wind blowing in my face, just feeling the fresh air, putting my feet on the ground, being alone with my thoughts, which isn't always the best thing, but generally speaking, it is. And that's what I call nurturance. Uh, So what are you doing to nurture yourself? And uh, what kind things are you doing for yourself? All right, next on my list is nourishment. This is a big one. Nourishment meal planning, and also not drinking too much alcohol. Okay, so that's a big one, right? And I put these all together because I feel like meal planning and nourishment are hand go hand in hand, but also, you know, getting a hold on the amount of alcohol that you're drinking goes hand in hand with nourishment as well. It's what you're putting in your body. You know, the fall, again, can be super busy, but are you making time to feed yourself? Generally, I like to say it's best to feed yourself every four to five hours. A lot of times you might say, I'm not hungry after five hours, but chances are you your body needs nourishment, but maybe you're just missing out on some hunger signals. So if you're not hungry after five hours, you know, five hours after a meal, 
it's so good to eat something. It doesn't have to be a huge meal, but something to nourish your body. If this means setting a timer to remind yourself every four to five hours to eat something, I really think it's it's a good idea to do that. Whatever, you know, whatever it takes to make sure that you're fed and nourished regularly. What about meal planning? You know, the thought of preparing a meal at the end of the day for yourself or let alone a whole family can be daunting. And trust me, I'm right there with you. Taking five to 10 minutes before doing your grocery shopping to look ahead to the week in front of you and make plans for what to cook or heat up for example, frozen meals, (laughs) this can be a great start. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to make a perfect meal. Think easy, especially if you look ahead and you're like, whoa, I've got a lot going on after after school and after work next week. So what am I going to do that is easy, whether it involves frozen meals or quick meals like a loaded baked potato with butter and salsa and bacon, whatever it is. Something easy or a slow cooker dish that's super simple to make and doesn't, you know, create too many dishes. So look ahead. Take that five to 10 minutes before you go to the grocery store. Look ahead and see what you have time for and plan out something. Tonight we're making, I, I don't have much time tonight after work, so I'm making scrambled eggs with avocado toast. And let me tell you, my kids absolutely love that meal and it is so easy. Not much thought goes into that. Um... And yeah, not many dishes. It's great. Uh, so I, I, something I like to suggest is coming up with a list of 10 to 15 simple meals that you and your family love. You know, so at least you have those to consider on any given week. So you can go to that list before you go to the grocery store and think, okay, what will I make this week? So what will I get at the grocery store? You know, some of my simple meals include tacos, pasta and meatballs. Sometimes I'll add lentils to the pasta sauce and make like a bolognese. Frozen stir fry. Sometimes I'll add shrimp or tofu. No, my kids will not eat the tofu, but they do eat the shrimp. Baked potatoes, like I said. Frozen pot stickers with a side of fruit. Yeah, Uh, lots of ideas and I've got plenty more, but those are just some of our favorites. I'll even make Caesar salad sometimes with frozen... uh, Dinosaur nuggets. My kids love that. Caesar salad with chopped up nuggets on top. Delicious. And now I want to touch on alcohol. You know, there's been a lot in the media lately about how alcohol has gotten a little out of hand. You know, it is so easy to turn your one or two alcoholic beverages a night into three or four, but especially when you're stressed and you find that you're using alcohol to cope. Alcohol is a drug, and just like any drug, after a while, you're going to need more to get the same effect that you had when you first started drinking. So all I'm asking is that you be mindful of how much you're drinking. I'm not telling you to stop. I'm not telling you you should feel guilty about drinking, but just be mindful of it, you know? Um, Many of us, myself included, started drinking at a young age, younger than our parents, for sure. I mean, I... Definitely had my first alcoholic beverage beverage in high school. And because alcohol is a drug, I could easily at this point need a lot more to get that same high, if you will, from alcohol that I did starting in in high school. I just have to be mindful of it. You know, I I have these goals in mind. I I would consider myself sober curious, I guess. I just, um, 
I find that after a while, if I'm only allowing myself, you know, one drink a night or one drink on Friday, it it inevitably ends up turning into two or three. And I just have to be aware of that and see it and acknowledge it. Uh, and that really helps me to, you know, take a step back and, and ask myself, what am I doing? Do I, do I need this right now? What else can I do instead of drinking? What else can I do to get that feel good feeling? And man, it's hard. It's hard. Alcohol's so easy, but, uh, yeah, just be aware. All right. Next is self-compassion. Are you curious or are you judgmental with yourself? I want you to think about this. When you do something you deem, quote unquote, not a great decision, do you judge yourself for it and call it a mistake? Or do you approach it with curiosity and ask why you made the decision you did? Curiosity instead of judgment has been a mantra of mine since reading the intuitive eating book. But beyond that, are you kind to yourself? Do you treat yourself with the same respect you treat your family and friends? Are you compassionate towards yourself? If you aren't compassionate to yourself, how can you expect others to be compassionate towards you? And how can you be the best you? I feel like self-compassion is so underrated. I want to put a great book recommendation in the show notes that takes self-compassion to a whole new level. If you're interested, go ahead and check that out. All right, we've got just a couple more. Next one is life slash work balance and knowing when to say no and prioritize yourself. And I'm saying this after admittedly agreeing to something yesterday that I absolutely did not have time for, but I felt like I got sucked into it. Sometimes I'll tell someone no with hints uh, or I'll tell someone yes but I'll give them like hints that I'm really not interested in what they're asking me to do, like assuming that they're going to take my hint and say, oh, okay, I won't ask you. But generally, they don't take the hint and it's not their problem. It's mine. I should have just said no. This happened to me yesterday. I didn't want to do something that I was asked to be a part of. And I reluctantly agreed and gave them a specific time and had all these Hints of, I'm not really interested, but I guess I'll do it, thinking, oh, they'll understand, and then they'll stop asking. But instead, they accepted my yes and moved forward. I should have just said no. I did not prioritize my own time um, and myself in that instance. But hey, I'm moving forward. I learned from my mistake. I need to not assume people can read my mind. (laughs) So saying no and putting yourself first Again, just like self-compassion, I feel like it's underrated. I'll be honest, I've, I've always generally been really good at this. Um, sometimes I don't fully grasp how difficult it can be for others, especially when it doesn't come naturally. So again, I've always been truly good at being able to say no. And I don't think it's a skill. I think that's just my personality. I've I've just generally been good at saying no and putting myself and prioritizing myself first. Um, And so when people tell me that it's hard for them to do that, sometimes I don't understand it. But yesterday's experience gave me a glimpse of that because I certainly did not say no. And in that instance, it was actually hard for me to say no, which is why I didn't say it. So maybe I'm starting to understand it a little bit more. So saying no when you've taken on too much is important to prevent burnout. 
saying no and prioritizing your time is also good for your kids to see as they'll learn from your ability to put yourself and your needs first. And then they'll do the same themselves now and as they get older. Putting yourself first, I believe, is not selfish. I think that's an old story. It's not selfish. It's selfless. I truly believe that. Um, It's imperative to living a healthy and balanced and happy life. So ask yourself, what can I say no to? What can I take off my list? And yeah, it's going to be awkward and weird at first, especially if you're not used to it. It's, again, not easy. But man, does it make all the difference if you just learn how to prioritize your time and say no. You know, someone else can do it. Someone else can take care of X, Y, Z. And sometimes there's going to be those times when you want to say no, but you can't. Okay, that's fine. Give yourself permission to do that. But generally speaking, what can you take off your plate? And what can you do to prioritize your time? And if that means saying no to some things, I, you know, just start to get into that habit. Start slowly. Again, it's not easy. But where can you start today? All right, my last one is social interactions in a community of support. One of my goals as a parent of two kids is to show my kids the importance of making and keeping friends, even as adults. I saw that a bit with my own parents, but really not enough. I now know how important it is to have friends, a community of support, people to talk to, to share things with, and to have a good time with, alone or with my partner. Without friends and a supportive community beyond family, it's hard to maintain self-care goals and to be well. Social interactions regularly are one of those things we tend to put on the back burner, but the truth is, just like self-compassion and learning to say no, I'd argue it's one of the most important parts of self-care. And I know making friends when you have kids, oh, it can be daunting and so, so difficult. And it's something that I'm still working on for sure, especially because you might bond with a certain couple or person, but if they don't have kids your age, it makes it really difficult uh, to get together with them, even to have things in common. But this is a priority, I will say, that is super important as part of your self-care to maybe step out of your comfort zone and just try to be more social. And, you know, to your social to in a way that is comfortable to you, of course, but I think that's good for your kids to see. And it's, and it's good, even if you don't recognize it now for you to do. Uh, I am, I would call myself an, an extroverted introvert. And I think a lot of people can recognize what I'm saying there. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily an extrovert. I'm not an introvert. I don't, I would rather stay inside and watch a movie and eat popcorn, but I have been really trying to get out more and make new friends. And I already noticed just, I feel supported more um, because of that. And so I think it's just really important, yeah, for self-care in general, especially as parents um, and especially during this time of fall and going back to school. Okay, so after listening to all of these areas of self-care, which area do you have the most opportunity to improve? I recently got sucked into an Instagram ad for a self-care monthly planner and journal. Maybe you can check it out. It's called Silk and Sonder. My guess is you've also seen it, but it looks 
really cute, really beautiful, but I love it because it's a self-care planner and I will put the link in my show notes. I also reached out to listeners to ask what they do for self-care during this time. And I got a few uh, really great responses. Someone said they listen to throwback music and like to deep clean their house. Hey, if deep cleaning your house is a good way for you to have self-care, more power to you. I mean, there is something about vacuuming and seeing those lines. I would agree. It is uh, rewarding, but especially when there's some good throwback music in the background. Someone else said walking more to get kids uh, from the school, which I can completely relate to. I love being able to walk and pick up my kids to um, from school. They don't particularly like it when they don't see my car. <laughs> are we walking? Yes, we are. Uh, but it's it's good. It, it's I think it's good for for all of us. And then someone else said schedule times in my calendar for myself, which that's a great tip. It's okay uh, and important to actually put self-care on your calendar. You know, sometimes I'll actually put, you know, go for a walk on a break that I have on my calendar. So I see it and it's a reminder or call a friend or whatever it is, go to the park or go to the metro park uh, and walk in nature schedule a massage, put that on your calendar, put your workouts on your calendar, whatever it takes for you to actually engage in that self-care activity, do it. I'm going to also put, like I said, uh, some self-care episodes from our last podcast in our show notes. So you can check that out. And what about a favorite new product or recipe? You know, this is going to sound, I don't know, maybe boring, but I am all about uh, convenient foods. I think that especially right now when we're super busy with back to school, that's the whole premise of this episode. I, I think it's important to find a list of convenient foods that you really enjoy and that make life a little bit easier. And for me, uh, that has been the Jimmy, oh gosh, now I'm not gonna, the Jimmy Dean delights. That's what it is. It's, I found this, actually, I think Nick found it. It's veggies, but it also has some sausage in it and cheese. And it's in this little whole wheat wrap and you put it in the microwave for 85 seconds. And I will tell you, it is so good and so filling. I believe it has about 13 grams of protein. Sometimes the kids will eat them. I find them very, very delicious. So the Jimmy Dean Delights Wrap, mm, so, so good. Coming up on October 9th, I have an interview with Christina Bruce, a body acceptance coach. And you will not wanna miss this episode. The interview was just so much fun. I always enjoy talking to Christina. Uh, so tune in on October 9th. Uh, until then, you know, take care of yourself, right? The whole purpose of today's episode was to really get you to think about self-care. And I hope that you've thought about that a little bit while you're listening to this episode. Treat yourself with the respect you deserve. Be the best friend you've always wanted. And feel free to reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Nutrition Unmeasured or via email at trustyourbodyrd at gmail.com. 